You're listening to A Conduit's Diary. This is a podcast about me, Rachel, and my experiences as I investigate paranormal activity as a conduit. This is rated R for explicit because I do have a little bit of a foul mouth. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast wherever you listen to it. I can't believe it, but we are on episode 30, Overinfluenced, Part 2. This story is a bit of a shock to me, mostly because follow-up isn't a huge part of my game. I don't mean to say that I'm just that good, except I am. The houses I go to that obviously aren't haunted can be fixed with a few quick cosmetic or structural changes. When I call in my crew, it's usually my dad and his company, and they get a cut of the cash, but I upcharge for consultation fees. My dad is really good at what he does, and I'm good at what I do, so I very rarely have to do a follow-up visit. Imagine my absolute surprise when one of my fake hauntings tracked me down. Haley is a local influencer. You can refer to episode 7 to hear about our first meeting, where we trash talk Vince, and she tried to trap me with a fake haunting. It was part of her expose on fake paranormal investigators who try to swindle people for their money. Haley, while making a shitload of money on the internet, aspires to be a journalist. She told me in secret she's been attending ASU mostly online to earn her journalism degree. I didn't have any social media when I started this podcast, and even now all I have is Twitter. I'm not familiar with the local celebrities, and it was only due to Hema and my kennel tech at the rescue that I had any idea who she was. Part of me wanted to follow her on Twitter, but that seemed a little heavy-handed. I did change her name for this podcast, after all. Haley's assistant had sent me two emails begging me to reach out to her. While Haley and I didn't part on bad terms, the fact that she brought me to her home under false pretenses in an attempt to film me and expose me didn't sit right with me. I put the emails right into my trash bin and went on with my life. Until... Haley showed up at the rescue. When I talk with clients, when I'm on this podcast, I use a fake name. Obviously, my name isn't Rachel Smith, nor is Hema named Hema or Harry named Harry. Haley, however, was rich and resourceful and knew my real name, where I worked, and the name of my employer. She even threatened me with that information at one point in time. Like I said, I wasn't exactly keen to work with her again. My kennel tech blew into my office, her face red, her eyes wide. Rachel, she practically screeched. You need to come up front. Haley, the Haley, is here to adopt a cat. My heart dropped and I felt my palms start to sweat. This is what I get for dealing with rich people. They use their money to get what they want and can't take no for an answer. Sounds like a typical adoption. You can take it from here, I said, willing my voice to sound calm. No, she asked for you specifically. How do you know her? She was practically buzzing as she bounced on her toes, rocking in place like she may explode. She worked with us on a charity event, I lied. Tell her I'll be there in a second, I said, closing my eyes and taking a deep breath after she left my office. When I finally felt composed... 
I stood and walked to the adoption center. It wasn't hard to find her. She was surrounded by pretty much every employee and volunteer we had. Haley looked like shit. She was an influencer because she was pretty, with that aesthetic big booty body that was so popular on the internet. Now she looked thin and unhealthy, her makeup doing nothing to hide the dark circles under her eyes. It didn't take more than a cursory glance to know why. She had one of those awful things on her shoulder. You know the one. We've seen him in a few previous episodes. Long, spindly fingers wrapped around her collarbone, broken nails digging into her flesh and leaving invisible marks. Its mouth was closed on her neck, and it sucked and squelched there. I felt my stomach turn. The noise of it was enough to make anyone want to vomit. This one was particularly foul. It had stringy hair that fell over its face, obscuring the crooked nose and wide, unblinking eyes. Its skin was greasy and hung off it like a too-large coat. Still, it looked as pleased as could be, slurping down whatever energy Haley was still clinging to. I swallowed and closed the distance, plastering a smile on my face. Haley, what a pleasant surprise. I hear you're looking for a cat. Let's go into my office and talk over what you're looking for. She nodded blandly, following me without a word into my office. Once inside, she collapsed on the threadbare chair I had in the corner, not even noticing that it was covered in pet hair and likely to get all over her crisp black leggings. As she slumped in the chair, I could take full stock of her. Black leggings, a tank top that sat too loose on her, her hair a tangled mess thrown on top of her head. Even her makeup was haphazard. The shade didn't quite blend into her sallow face. She rubbed her eyes and smeared day-old mascara in the process, but clearly didn't care. How long have you had it? I asked, sitting in my own computer chair. One of the office cats hopped off her perch in the window and stretched. When she caught sight of Haley, she hissed and scurried through the cat door that led from my office to the hallway. You can see it? she asked, her head snapping up, her eyes hopeful. Yeah, can you? I asked, equally shocked. She rubbed her neck and nodded. Sometimes, out of the corner of my eye, in mirrors, I... What is it? I don't know the name for it, but it's some sort of succubus, I guess. I've seen them before, usually in people who are tired all the time and suddenly irritable and angry. I don't know if it feeds on your negative energy or if it creates it, or both. They're nasty things. But you can get rid of it, she pressed. I nodded. I can. How do you think you got it? I asked. She sighed and tilted her head upward to the ceiling. I've thought a lot about that, trying to pin when it started exactly. It's hard, you know. I went through my posts and my journal, and I think I started to feel tired like six months ago. No, longer than that, she trailed off, thinking. Anyway, I'm not sure, but the last few months has been absolutely awful. Why didn't you respond to my emails? She was suddenly accusatory, those wide eyes angry. Your assistant sent vague emails that said, please contact us at your earliest convenience. She didn't really elaborate. She didn't make it seem so... Dire, she interrupted. I shrugged. I'm sure she's great at PR or whatever, but she made it sound like you wanted to do another video or something and wanted me to be in it. I don't know. It just didn't sound this bad. So it is bad, Haley pressed. She was no longer slouching. She was sitting upright on the edge of the chair. The thing on her neck was making furious sucking noises now, drinking down whatever awful thoughts were zipping through Haley's mind. 
It's fixable, I said. She nodded inside, sinking back into the chair. The thing on her shoulder glared at me angrily. I glared right back at it. Are you taunting it? It just makes it worse, she said. You've taunted it, I asked. She shrugged. I mean, I've definitely called it names, talked to it. I thought it was like in Criminal Minds, you know, where they talk to the unsub and it foils their plan, humanizes you, or whatever. I doesn't care about those things, I said. Yeah, I get that now. Okay, so let's remove it. The thing winked at me. It fucking winked. I paused. If I know more about where it came from, I can remove it easier, I lied. Something about the situation wasn't sitting right with me, and it wasn't just the fact that the demon thing was acting cheeky. Maybe I was still a little shaken up from Hema and my mom, or maybe it was my last job with that awful voice. I pushed it aside. The demon thing knew what I was thinking. It unlatched from Haley long enough to smile at me and show its multiple rows of razor-sharp teeth. I shivered and nodded, reaffirming my lie to Haley. I needed more information, and I had a suspicion that removing this thing wouldn't be the end of it. I don't know. How do people typically get these things? She asked, annoyed. Hopping from host to host, usually, they live out their purpose and find someone else to infect. Were you around anyone depressed before this started? I'm a millennial. We're all depressed, she scoffed. Even the ones you hang out with? I asked. She rolled her eyes. Just because they have money or whatever doesn't make them immune to suffering. You can drown in the ocean, and you can drown in a birdbath. They're both drowning. The depth doesn't matter. Fair, I conceded. So you can't think of anything weird around the time this started? No interactions or anything? I already told you. I can't remember really when it started, but I'm supposed to remember... She paused then, her brow furrowing. Her eyes turned to me. I can't remember the first time I saw it, she said suddenly. I'd been feeling kind of crummy, like I was sick with something. I took like eight in-home COVID tests, nothing. I'd been traveling for a few jobs, so I thought I picked up something at the airport. This had to be... June. Yeah, it was hot as hell and I was all bundled up in sweaters. My friends thought I'd gone mad. Anyway, I was getting out of bed in the middle of the night because I cannot seem to sleep through the night. Usually a good edible will have me down for the count, but I'm constantly up now. So I got up to go to the bathroom and saw it then in the mirror. It was just a flash. I thought I imagined it. Okay, so these jobs you went on, can you remember anything about them? Yeah, she said digging into her pocket for her phone. She started scrolling through it, nodding along. Yeah, we were in Hawaii for a photo shoot. I was feeling kind of sick on this shoot. She trailed off, scrolling back a bit further. But this is when I went to Tulum, and I felt fine then. So it's in between those two trips. That makes it early June, late May. She tapped her lip, thinking. Then her eyes widened a fraction, and she looked at me. Can someone... Can someone give you one of these things? She asked. I raised my eyebrows. Give you it? Like intentionally attach it to you? I guess if they knew how to talk to it, like how to remove it, if they knew it was there. Most people don't. I've never met someone who could see it, at least not that I know of. Why not? She asked. I shrugged. Usually the people with the succubus aren't the ones calling me. It's the other people in their life. They're worried about them. The people affected just kind of suffer? Yeah, suffer, she echoed. But it could happen. Someone could pass it off intentionally. Yeah, do you think that's what happened? 
She considered this and nodded slowly to herself. So there was this party I was at in May. I know, save your judgment. It was supposed to be highbrow. Vaccinated guests only, the who's who of the influencer world. It was a netmarking event. I was mixing and mingling when I ran into an old friend. Well, not a friend. Enemy. Frenemy? Whatever. She's someone I used to do all sorts of photo shoots and deals with together. Then she started to date my ex-boyfriend. Not just any ex-boyfriend, but the ex-boyfriend. He's really well known in the circle too. We all kind of ran in the same crowds. Anyway, she does that and then she takes my business idea. I'd been working with a clothing company to make some custom clothes for their line. A Haley line, if you will. Mostly athleisure, but some dressier items. She literally took the designs, bought their similarities from the same manufacturer she found on Ali fucking Baba, slapped her logo on it, and bam, released it two weeks before my drop date. Wow, that's kind of awful, I said, vaguely understanding some of the words she said. Athleisure was one I was going to have to Google later. Yeah, it was super awful. Anyway, despite all this, she's always grossly nice to me. She'll come up and kiss me on the cheeks, and she was just like that. Except there was something off about her. She's not pretty to begin with. She has this, like, fake look to her. That's why she has to buy all her followers. She's not authentic. It's like the parts of her that were fake were, like, cheap. She can afford to go to good stylists and stuff for her hair and her Botox and her fillers, but it's just, like, off. I don't know how to describe it. Her makeup was so cakey too, and I know she travels with a makeup artist. Though, I wouldn't doubt it if she quit. She trailed off, realizing she was on a tangent. Anyway, I think it was her. It makes sense, right? The timing of the party and the sickness, she'd be the one to give it to me. And she's such a soul sucker, it probably latched right onto her, then realized she was evil and there was nothing good to take from her. While she rambled on, the beast went back to furiously ravenously feeding on her its eyes rolled back in its head in utter ecstasy if anything it sounded like the front of me would have been a delightful dessert for this thing it wouldn't just abandon her unless it liked to tear people down and Haley was clearly falling down a few pegs sure i said still not convinced okay well get rid of it then she said waving her hands this is gonna look ridiculous i said she quirked a brow Want me to close my eyes? she asked. I sighed and rummaged through my office, finding what I was looking for. I had a box that I was using to store paper clips in, which also happened to be a box that once housed a spite full sprite. I emptied the paper clips onto my desk and used a napkin to wipe the inside down. Really? You're going to put it in that box? she asked. I shrugged. Do you have something better? I asked. Will it even fit? she said. What, you want it to be comfortable? The thing on her neck regarded me carefully, but said nothing. Okay, here's the ridiculous part. I have to get kind of close to you, I said. She shrugged, sitting up straighter. Go ahead, how can this get any weirder? Oh, it could get weirder, but I didn't tell her that. Instead, I reached out and grabbed the thing by its greasy hair, fighting the urge to recoil. Some of the hair slipped from my fingers, others were pulled from its head. It grunted angrily, and Haley's eyes widened. What the hell was that? She screeched. Hush, if anyone comes in right now. Just shut up. She glared at me, and I readjusted my hand, wiping the grease on my pants. I grabbed it by its head, then instead, swallowing my nausea as I felt its doughy skin in my hand, my fingers closed on it, and I pulled gently, 
extracting it piece by piece from her neck. It fought the whole way, its fingers digging into her collarbone and shoulder, trying to keep its grip on her. With continued traction, it separated its teeth from her, gritting them as it fought to keep hold. Removing me won't stop this, it hissed. I paused, surprised to hear it speak. Its voice was surprisingly human. Sure it won't. You're not my first... Well, whatever you are, I told it. It stopped gritting its teeth to grin, displaying its multiple rows of teeth. Another will come. Do you hear me, silly human? Another will come. I'll just avoid that stupid bitch, Haley hissed between clenched teeth. The veins on her neck were standing out, her fists clenched. Clearly this thing was holding onto her tighter than I realized. It doesn't end with me, it reiterated, its voice frantic now. Sure thing, I said, using one final tug to separate it from her. I held it in the air, its dangling fingers trying to scrape Haley's skin, trying to latch back onto her. Haley looked dazed, her eyes unfocused, her breathing shallow. I shoved it into the box, stuffing it into the tight quarters, watching it shrink and morph painfully to accommodate its new space. He'll send another. Let me out and I'll tell you. You crossed him and now you'll... I slammed the box shut. Him? Echoed Haley, her eyes unfocused still. She was rubbing her shoulder absently, like she was trying to get the blood flow back to it. That's what it said. Him, I agreed. The box shuddered a little and then stopped moving. I grabbed a few rubber bands from my desk and secured the box tighter. What are you going to do with it? She asked. I don't know, probably get rid of it. I have someone I know who can dispose of them. Send it back where it belongs or whatever. Can I keep it? She asked. I appraised the box and then her. What if it gets out? I asked. It won't, she promised. Lighting the box on fire won't kill it, I warned. Her face flickered for a moment, then she nodded. Okay, don't destroy the box. If I want it gone, I can call you again. I shrugged. Sure, hopefully it hasn't escaped and latched up back onto you by then. You have no idea how vindictive these things can be. A sudden wave of realization slept over Haley's face. Him, she echoed, then stared at me as though the answer were right in front of her the whole time. The thing had only been off her for less than a minute, and already she looked more like her old self. What's the name of that guy, the paranormal investigator, the one with the hat? Vince, I asked. She nodded excitedly. I totally forgot, but right before that party, he approached me. He'd been leaving shitty comments on all my Instagram and TikTok posts. I had to block him from so many places. He'd create new accounts and leave absolute filth after I exposed all those fakes. Sounds about right, I mumbled. She nodded, her fingers tapping her jaw quickly. Yeah, my assistant said he'd sometimes show up places and he'd have to be escorted away. She wanted me to get a restraining order, which I was going to do. Then he disappeared. He found me before that dinner and kind of cornered me. He told me that I would regret what I'd done and that he'd be sure of it. He mumbled something too, something about, gosh, I don't even remember. Like, try to keep that cheery disposition up after this. Then he patted me on the shoulder and... Her fingers moved from her jaw to her shoulder, rubbing it again. That fucker, she hissed. That fucker indeed, I agreed. Her eyes shot to me, blazing. I'm going to unleash this thing on him and see how he likes it. Her voice was rising again, and I waved my hands to keep her quiet. I wouldn't have been surprised if half the office was trying to eavesdrop on our conversation before. 
Her angry random outburst wouldn't help. Look, if that's who you think it is, I can protect you. Well, not me. I have a friend. She'll give you something to keep him away and keep future things away. Really? She asked, her eyebrows raising. Some other whatever it is you are? I shook my head. Nah, just a woman with a biology degree and an affinity for crystals. I returned to my desk and sought out Hema's business card and scribbled a message on the back. She'll be in her shop today. You should go now. Haley nodded and grabbed her things, securing the box carefully in her oversized bag. Do you have any kittens? She asked as she stood. You don't have to get a cat. You can just say your schedule didn't line up with any of our kittens. Honestly, you're better off with an older cat anyway, one that'll just lounge around your house and not destroy it. She considered this, nodding. Who's your oldest cat? Really? I asked. She nodded, already heading toward the office door. To my surprise, the hallway was empty of eavesdroppers. Some lurked around the corner, watching as we entered the cat unit. This is Cassidy. She's a nine-year-old calico. A bit spicy, honestly, but a big cuddler. She's been in here about nine months. She has FELV, so, you know, maybe she should be an only cat. Perfect. I'll take her. Haley trundled up the front desk with her oversized tote, a box with Cassidy inside, and a kennel assistant hovering and offering to help. Haley pulled out her phone and barked instructions to her assistant about picking up cat items. You may want to check out the indoor pet initiative I offered. It's from the Ohio State University. They have a lot of information about indoor cats. Noted, she said cheerfully. Her smile was less hollow as she pulled out her checkbook. Do you guys take checks? She asked. She scribbled some things on the check and tore it out with gusto, then turned on her heels. Thanks again, Rachel. For everything, she said. Hopefully I don't see you again, I countered. A few of the staff gasped, but she just smiled. A true smile, her face radiant and clear of the previous weight. Noted, she said with a wink. When she was out the door, the woman at the counter balked at the check, her eyes widening. What, did she write like a fake one, I asked? No, it was for $20,000, she said. I watched Haley buckle Cassidy's box into the front seat of her Tesla. Then she retrieved her phone from her bag and held it up in the air, presumably making some video about her new adoption. I sighed and turned from the window, even as the assistant next to me opened her phone to Instagram to watch. I had bigger concerns than what Haley was saying about her new cat. Like how Vince, who couldn't see a poltergeist if it hit him, managed to infect someone with that thing. A Conduit's Diary is created by me, written and produced by me, mixed horribly and edited by me. Cover art created by BMC Design on Fiverr. Music, intro and outro created by Chris Hornberger.